You are listening to Thunderbolt Sports Talk. Here are your hosts, Charlie Adams and Timothy Yeen. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Thunderbolt Sports Talk. We're back where we belong on the podcast in period 1 on Friday morning. Right back where it started. It's a new semester, a new season of Thunderbolt Sports Talk. But there's plenty to talk about, Tim. There is plenty to talk about, and let's talk first about eSports since, of course, we are in the second semester. Girls basketball team losing 69-39 to to Cherho, but in good news, Maya Jimenez, 25 points in the outing. She is 44 away from reaching the 1,000-point mark, which she should be able to obtain next week, so that's fantastic for her and other East news Mount Pleasant beating Granson East 48 to 41. Granson East again. The third quarter shenanigans, I like to call it, just are unable to, you know, connect or, you know, gel in the third quarter, it seems. You know, just a really bad quarter led to a decent fourth quarter, but Mount Pleasant still outperformed them, especially when it came to the crunch time clutch shots that were needed to make. Drew Barrier dropping 15 there. But a game earlier than that, girls basketball, 64th grade to win versus Winsocket. They beat them by a larger margin, we can say, last year, uh, 78-3. So That was a classic. A classic one. I think it was our most liked post for a while. Um, not sure if it is now, but, you know, when you ever beat somebody seventy-eight to three, you, is it usually gets enough likes. And last game I want to talk about: Bolts boys basketball beating East Greenwich forty-nine forty-eight. Albert Cassie dropping twenty points on the night there. Darian Peterson following with fourteen. And that's really all in terms of the basketball world. We really have to cover. Well, I'm hoping that that game when Maya Jimenez is gonna break. The 1,000-point mark that we have some great attendance in the Venatulo gym from the Cranston East Faithful. That's a big milestone that hasn't been hit by a Cranston East girls basketball player since Mackenzie Richards did it a few years back. And there's no student in this school currently who has seen some history-making performance like that. So hopefully we get a good turnout when that game goes down. Yeah, the great thing is both games are at home and they will be broadcasted for everyone to see. So it's really a must-watch game, both those two, especially the second one, which if she continues her averages, I feel like that's going to be the the game that she will get it. And, you know, like you said, Chaz, Mackenzie Richards, the last person to do it back in 2017. And we also have some extra news there. The first girls basketball 1,000-point scorer, Kristen Mulholland, will be, you know, there to donate her 1,000-point game ball to the alumni room. So that just makes it even more special. Hopefully that milestone is hit at home or we make sure that it is hit at our home court. And it's looking like, upon further research, the most liked post still on our Instagram at Thunderbolt Sports Talk at TB Sports Media, excuse me, is still the girls' basketball 73 or 78 to 7 win versus Woonsocket last year. 
only to be followed up by the Cranston East versus Shea loss from last year. So that has still taken the cake. They got another win against Woonsocket this week. But that wasn't the only front where Cranston East was winning games because our eSports team, we got a little taste of it on our last podcast episode, our special Season 1 finale gaming episode. But the Mario Kart team continues to handle business. The Mario Kart team does continue to handle business indeed. Yesterday, a 2 nothing sweep over Classical on Mario Kart 8. Miles Darconti really showing why he is Himothy when it comes to Mario Kart. Even though he got third place with 51 points, you know, the rest of the team also stepped up. Jarquez Green, 58 points total. Justin Mazler-Lallier, 52 points. It's a really tough squad to beat Chaz. I think they're the championship favorites. I think they're undefeated right now, too, which makes it even better. And they really are the top performing team by far in, you know, our school right now. You know, whether you like it or not, you know, it's a reality. Well, they're definitely an upper echelon team, and maybe there is some playoffs on the horizon for them. Maybe we can broadcast the esports playoffs on the nfhs network or something who knows that'd be an exciting thing to watch some rocket league and mario kart and uh, i guess league of legends if we have to yeah and i think we did might have had the chance to come to super smash bros but i think that is in the fall i believe or spring uh so you know obviously the chance to commentate anything is a fun time in the interscholastic league and you know if you if you wanted me to commentate Mario Kart, yeah, I'd commentate Mario Kart. You know, well, but you know, Chaz, let's transition to our next topic. Well, if you guys didn't listen over at last week, I know it was a long episode with 161 minutes of Thunderbolt Sports Talk coming to you with plenty of video games being played. The main highlight of it definitely being the Madden game that we. Faced off with our Super Bowl picks, the 49ers took on the Ravens. That potential Super Bowl matchup is still on the board in the NFL playoffs. But in the Madden world, the San Francisco 49ers won the game on a game-winning field goal. And of course they did because it was me controlling the 49ers, taking down Tim Yeen's Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I have to blame the loss on myself um, because a it was a different playbook, and obviously, you know, I'm not I'm not really used of Ravens playbook, so obviously it's just my fault there that I'm just using it in the first place. I I mean, just trying to portray realism, but other than that, I just had a really hard time stopping the defensive line of San Francisco. Couldn't generate a lot of pressure with my defensive line. And in the end, I just made some horrific reads that really turned the game over. In reality, I think this is the most realistic Super Bowl matchup we have. Uh, 49ers versus Lions, Ravens versus Chiefs. So two interesting battles should be two exciting ones at that. And, you know, that field goal really, really humbled me a little bit. So I decided to run it back again with Chaz. I don't I don't remember that happening. But, you know, there was a highlight posted onto the Instagram profile of Tim Yeen's last moments of success in that game. 
And you can tune in on our YouTube, Thunderbolt Sports Talk. It should be the first result when you look it up on the YouTube. And you'll see if you scroll over to the timestamp for Madden, check out the ending moments of that game where I kind of take things over. Fred Warner gets blessed up by a terrible read and things got going. Our Super Bowl predictions officially are in the books from us at Thunderbolt Sports Talk. Of course, we will have to adjust should the Lions or Chiefs get a win over the weekend here. And I know the Lions, people were just excited to see them in the playoffs. And now they're one game away from the Super Bowl. Eminem has to be ecstatic right now, Tim. Yeah, um, the Lions, really a big underdog story. We knew they would be a playoff contender, but we never knew they'd be at this point right now. I mean, it's a really underrated squad. I mean, you have a running back in Jameer Gibbs, who a lot of people thought was a reach. You got Sam Laporta taken in the second round. You got Jared Goff, former number one pick, you know, kind of left in the dust by the Rams. You know, goes, you know, Matt Stafford goes to Detroit, gets beat by his former team, and, you know, that really cements Jared Goff as the guy. Uh, for Detroit, I mean, he's been the guy for, you know, how long? Um, Almond Ross St. Brown, fourth-round draft pick back in 2021, uh, has really stepped up to become a reliable contributor, has been the top pass-catching op- option for Detroit. And obviously, the weakness there is that defense, uh, the 49ers with Brock Purdy and the superstar crew, Debo Samuel, maybe not playing this week. He's half and half for right now, as I've heard. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's still there. Even, you know, Chaz legend Jawan Jennings could make an appearance with a couple of catches here and there. Christian McCaffrey, of course, and, you know, Twett Williams on the offensive line could really help bolster it up. Can't forget about George Kittle and that superstar defense. You know, Fred Warner, you know, you got, you know, both defensive ends and Nick Bosa, Chase Young. I mean, Nick Bosa, one of the best edge rushers in the league. And that secondary also something out to look out for, too. You know, we got some names there. And on paper, it seems that San Francisco is clearly a better team. I mean, if Debo's out, then, you know, maybe Brandon Ayuk is a little bit on par with, you know, Amara, but, you know, that but it's gonna be a closer game chat it's gonna be a closer game than most people will think yeah it'll be all decided over the weekend and some coaching decisions in the nfl making their way through the big one is jim harbaugh making the jump back to the nfl to coach up the los angeles chargers was definitely one of the better gigs available i know i heard rumors of pete carroll wanting to make his way over to los angeles for that job as well the big part about all of this for New England fans is Bill Belichick is still without a coaching gig, and it looks like he might not get one this season. Yeah, I mean, he might not even get one. Like you said, Chaz, Atlanta hiring Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator for the Rams for the past couple of seasons. You know, now he got the job in Atlanta, and I think the issue for the front office was just really the relationship between the front office and Belichick. Obviously, up in New England, Belichick had control of the front office, you know, had mostly the final stand decisions on 
rosters and whatnot. And I feel like without that control, Bill Belichick couldn't really make the team that he wanted, even though the team that he does make as of late are pretty, are, you know, are pretty bad. Um, but yeah, the last two openings are, I believe, the Seahawks and the Commanders. And from what I've heard, the Commanders are trying to go for Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator. I'm not even sure what the Seahawks are trying to do with their position, but it should be interesting to see how that all unfolds. I don't think, you know, Bill, if they interview Bill Belichick, which they haven't yet, uh, I think it'd be a solid fit. I mean, you could work, you could, you could work with Sam Howell or you could draft a quarterback. You're more likely to go the quarterback route, but it's really interesting to see what Bill Belichick does if he doesn't you know, get hired, you know, maybe he's on uh, Thunderbolt Sports Talk in a couple of weeks. I'm pretty sure he'd ask for money if we ever were able to get him on the program. I don't know if he's doing that for free, especially in his free time. You know, in all of this coaching uh, turnover and hirings, it's looking more and more likely that Josh McDaniels might be back in the blue and red on the sideline of New England being the offensive coordinator for the for the Patriots and I don't know if that's really what we want to be seeing in 2024. Uh wait, who would you say? Josh McDaniels oh. returning to the Patriots sideline. Yeah, Josh McDaniels. You know, we heard reports that he'd work with Bill only Bill Belichick, you know, if he got the job in Atlanta. Obviously, he didn't get the job in Atlanta, so it opens things up for McDaniels, I guess, or closes things down. Um, but I think the problem with hiring McDaniels is I feel just the power hierarchy of it. I mean, Josh McDaniels has been the head coach two separate times, has been the offensive coordinator with New England for you know a lot longer than the two teams he's was tenured with when he was head coach. Maybe could have been a third um, with the Colts, but, you know, he backed out of that. Uh, I think the power thing is really an issue. I mean, McDaniels obviously sees himself as a longtime guy in New England. Uh, so I feel like the mesh between him and Gerard Mayo, you know, could be something to look at. But, I mean, if it works, I mean, if it works out, it works out. Um uh, I, I mean, the only person that the Patriots have left to interview for the job, or they have interviewed for the job, uh, excluding Zach Robinson, who's rumored to be the favorite for the Atlanta OC opening, is Nick Cayley, who had coached in New England as a tight ends coach, I believe, and is the tight ends coach or passing game coordinator or whatever in L.A., so that could be an interesting hire. But Josh McDaniels, if he does come back to New England, it should be interesting to see how he and Gerard Mayo work together. Yeah, you know, there's still Mike Vrabel available in some role. You wonder what Mike Vrabel wants to do after being let go by the Titans. There's plenty of options out there, but big one really in all of this has been Jim Harbaugh. It was questionable if he'd make the jump after winning the national championship with Michigan, and he did to the Chargers. Were you expecting Harbaugh to accept an NFL job? 
I think the story that the media has provided just really cemented the fact that Jim Harbaugh was looking for an NFL job after, you know, his championship season. His goal was to win a natty for Michigan. He did that, and now he brings it back to a new level. You know, it's been rumored, you know, for a while that Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers were connected somewhat, and now it's official. Um, so I feel like it's kind of... I wouldn't say I'm surprised, more so, you know, just now proud of, you know, I'm just, um, I wouldn't say relieved either, but I just, I'm just happy that we know the facts now and Jim Harbaugh's a coach. Let's move on to uh, Cranston East again, back to the East, but not on the sports side. On the school side, we have plenty going on for the start of second semester. Me and Tim starting up internships with the Fans Only Sports Network, getting to broadcast sports more often and have more time to prepare for games, Tim. In our first week of the second semester, what have your thoughts been? It's going good so far. Um, I mean, you know, I've been able to research more. I've been able to get more stuff done. I've been able to, you know, just do a lot more things that I, I wasn't able to do with a Regular schedule. In fact, I have a game uh, coming up later. Smithfield playing here at East. Boys basketball at 6.30. Make sure you watch on the Fans Only Sports Network. Should be an exciting one again. Um, you know, got more time to research about the players. Got more time to research about, you know, people in general. And, you know, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I'll be in action over in Smithfield for... LaSalle taking on Mount St. Charles in boys' ice hockey. Locked behind a paywall, so you know how that goes. But yeah, you can pay uh, 75 bucks for it. Yeah, it's a special deal right now, pal. $20 a game, though. Not bad. Not bad. It's the FAFSA raffle season because college and that whole process is on the downturn, kind of. Well, I mean, most of applications have closed. Now we're on to financial aid. The FAFSA finally opened on New Year's Eve to much server issues and all that. But now it's kind of steady. Tim, have you filled out your FAFSA and entered into the FAFSA raffle? Filled out all my stuff. You know, just got to work with the parents on that. So, yeah. Okay, so yours is not done, but... Mine is, and it's entered into the raffle. I'm planning on winning some Amazon gift cards, and anyone listening who is also a student can enter if you filled out your FAFSA as a senior. Just forward in your your uh, confirmation email after completing the FAFSA to Leslie Conley, the guidance counselor, lconley at cpsed.net. And now let's move on to something that is directly on our minds because, like always, it's coming up next period, Tim. Of course, that's our ELA class with Mr. Smith, AP ELA 12. And we've been le- reading uh, Lord of the Flies recently. We had to read a chapter at home. I'm sure you did, Tim. Yep, read chapter 7 at 11 p.m. Oh, so wow, nice. Obviously, the information time, is huh? uh, fresh on my mind. Nice. Well, you know, it was a big chapter for the book somewhat. Yeah. I don't think if you're listening, we I guess we're spoiling it for you. That's too bad. But we got to talk about it because the monster 
has been cited again, this time up close and personal. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Uh, I'm su- I'm acting surprised because okay. this is the reaction that's needed to boost the viewership. And for Mr. Smith to be engaged in the podcast, which he watched last week, uh, I talked to him in the hallway. He said, you know, hearing Chaz talk to himself was not the funnest thing. Um, yeah, well, I don't know what happened with your mic. So. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's whatever. You can hear you. You can hear yourself if you turn him up. Yeah. Yeah. Did he watch with the video at least? Uh, yeah, to have. I hope he. I hope he did. Yeah, to have. I hope he did. Either that would be a really fun podcast, you know. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, two hours, like over two hours without, you know, video. Oh uh, well, who knows? But your surprise kind of scares me. But all right. Yeah, so, fine. yeah. Well, I think they try to. I think they try to. Did they try and stab Roger? Really fake stab him? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, they were doing the pig thing again. Yeah, but. All I'm hoping for is a big death in this book. We've had one kid die, and it was some no-name character that wasn't even deserving of an actual title. So, like, we need a named character dead, and we need him dead soon because, you know, things are probably heating up. We're approaching Chapter 8, and hopefully we start to see some kids dying here because it's taken a while to get into the real action. Um. Um. Uh. Yeah. You sure. Agree? Yeah. Okay. Great. Sure. Sure. I agree, Chaz. I mean, we're we're halfway through the book, and not one kid has died yet. So I think well, right, right now. Well, come on. Uh, this there was that little kid with the scar on his face or whatever. Yeah. And down then, the mountain. Yeah. Well, goodbye to you. Why? Why do we call him the little kid with a scar on his face? Why don't we call him like an actual name, like you know Johnny or you know Bartholomew or? Because you're not supposed to care about him. Yeah. And so. no one does. And he's dead. Yeah, All right, Tim. Get, would you survive on this island? Um, just by myself, no. Um, well, if you're part of the group. Probably not. Oh, nice. Well, me personally, I think I'm taking over the lead in that in this if I'm on that island. How so? What do you mean, how so? How so? I'm telling Ralph and I'm telling I'm telling Jack to step aside because Chasnaman43 has shown up and, on the island. Okay. And it's over for is, them. Is this going to be a 12-year-old Chasnaman43 or a current... Uh, right now, Chazman forty three. Uh, either or, it, it would make or. a difference. Twelve year old Chazman forty three would probably get slapped by both of them. No chance. There yes, is chance. zero chance. Yes, chance. How, CTM would have had him off the island. How, by are, how are you gonna? How are you gonna expect some British, you know, turning into teenager kids, you know, to listen to Mister the Man forty three? I'll just remind them about seventeen seventy six, bud. Uh, yeah. Or, okay. I think they'll. I think that I think that just puts you in a worse situation. Yeah, well, you're like you're like an outcast of the uh, an island. I wouldn't. I mean, they'd see the strong leadership and they'd fall in line if they planned on leaving the island, which would have happened already. This book would have been about a hundred pages if I was in charge. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Thanks for agreeing. All right, moving <laughs> on now to something that's very near and dear to my heart. The Cranston East hierarchy is fallen once again as Tim Yeen's Miami Heat got smoked bad yesterday on Thursday, January 25th 
and 143 to 110 loss to the Boston Celtics. And Jimmy Buckets played 17 points. He stinks. Jason Tatum, all-star starter with 26 points. Tim, your Heat are in the gutter. Um, You can save all that for the playoff. Oh, you got to make it there first. Yeah. 24, we can make 21. It. We can make it. We can make it. You know, Eric Spolster's teams are always known for sneaking their way in, uh, you know, making the most out of it. Celtics are 35 and 10. They are three and a half games up in the Eastern Conference on the Milwaukee Bucks. Miami Heat sitting at 24 and 21, 11 games back of first and in seventh, just ahead of the Orlando Magic. We had all-star starters announced yesterday for the NBA All-Star Game, mm-hmm. and Jason Tatum's in the starting lineup. Okay, along with Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo, both players on the Milwaukee Bucks. We also heard that Thanasis Antetokounmpo got three votes. Three votes as to be a starter from his fellow NBA peers. I wonder if Giannis is one of those three. Mm-hmm. Joining the all-star starters for the east side is Joel Embiid and Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Do we see any snubs on the east side? I see no Miami Heat representation, but I mean, we don't to be I expected. mean, does it really matter about the all-stars? Um, you know, I'm not really worried about vote tallies or, you know, all-stars or whatnot. At the end of the day, we got to get the, you know, the NBA Finals trophy. If that's really all that, you know, matters. You know, we're not in-season tourney frauds. We're not all-star frauds. We are playoff masters. Wow. You're not in-season tournament frauds because you lost. You're not all-star frauds because you're not starting in it and Damian Lillard starts over Jalen Brunson that's one of the big complaints yeah that's really it no Steph Curry I mean in the starting lineup but uh, you know maybe just a changing of the times the Splash Brothers days are over yeah with Luka Doncic Kevin Durant LeBron James Nikola Jokic and Shea Gilgis Alexander being your starting five on the west side Shea is the young talent for the Oklahoma City Thunder that love young talent, just like Josh Giddy as Luka Doncic. Yeah, so Curry's not starting. That's another big one. But, yeah, people definitely are wondering about Jalen Brunson here. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. We'll see about the reserves and stuff. You know, another big thing in the NBA was the trade of Kyle Lowry over to Charlotte for Terry Rozier, who's really putting in the pain for your Miami Heat, isn't he? In that great game against the Boston Celtics where they got 30-piece tragic style by the Celtics yesterday, Terry Rozier, what was he doing? He had seven points. Nice. How are you liking this trade so far, Tim? We're two games into the trade. Not worried. Not worried at all. Not worried. Okay. Yeah, I want to go back to the All Star games, though, or at least the All Star. You know, one of the couple of the starters. 
Um, um, mainly on the Eastern Conference side, Joel Embiid had that 70-piece uh, a couple nights ago versus San Antonio where Coach Popovich was like, we're going to shut him down. And then he proceeded to let Embiid drop 70 over Victor Wembanyama and uh, had uh, 21 free throws again. Um, so obviously he's not going to get... He's not going to run away from the flop merchant name um, sooner or later. But good for him, man. 70 points. Also, on that exact same day, Carl Anthony Towns had a career performance in a loss. Very nice to drop yeah. 62 points on 21 for 35 shooting. And his coach kind of just did not give him any props after the game. And I mean... Yeah. They did lose, and despite his 62 points, it kind of feels like when Devin Booker put up yeah. 70 against the Celtics just to get another loss handed to the Suns back a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, the main goal of the game of anything really is to win, you know. So obviously I obviously I can connect with a coach when, you know, when somebody drops 60 and you guys still lose. Like, what? Like, what? what what's happening? Um, so that's where, you know, I kind of relate to Mr. F- Chris Finch of the Timberwolves there. You know, if you're going to drop 60, at least get the win with the team. So, you know, I think they were more focused on the points rather than beating the Charlotte Hornets. There's been plenty going on in the NBA yeah. with Doc Rivers being the next head coach of Milwaukee. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume Adrian Griffin was not one of the couple that voted for Thanasis. Um, Giannis, his brother. I mean, what is what does he really do? Giannis's brother. I mean, he goes on the court, plays like, you know, plays the worst basketball, plays G League level, worse than G League level basketball, and still remains on the roster. He doesn't he doesn't even provide any like inspirational inspirational speeches. Or whatever. I mean, have you ever seen have you ever seen any promotional video of Sanasa Santetokounmpo firing up a second place Bucks squad to play defense and to say screw the coach for trying to cut me? No. Um. So, yeah. I mean, if that's really the reason, or you know, if Adrian Griffin really is a bad coach when it comes to coaching the guys and relating to the guys, you know, keeping control of the locker room. I guess that's a, I guess that yeah, is right. a, you know, reason to fire him. But when you're 30 and 13, second place in the Eastern Conference, um, you know, you really shouldn't be too mad about him. Yeah, well, they pulled Doc Rivers from television, got him back into the coaching bubble of the NBA, and quickly an exciting hire for the Bucks, who look to keep rolling as second in the East. Yeah, Adrian Griffin fired while being the second best team and holding a pretty fine record. I mean, come on, but we haven't heard much about the real specifics on there yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apparently he just lost control of the locker room. I'm not sure what losing control of the locker room means when you're 30 and 13 and winning, but you know, maybe he lost control over the NASA's Antetokounmpo who, uh, you know, now with Doc Rivers being hired, he can finally show the D1 all-star caliber player he finally is at. How old is uh, 
So NASA sent it to Goomba. Let me search it up. Gumpo, 31 years old. Yeah, at 31 years old, he can finally show his true skill. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see what Doc Rivers has when he draws up a play for the NASA something (laughs) at Goomba. Oh, God. Uh, This is our podcast, so I'm going to take the time real quickly to mention it. There's a new published article by me, yours truly, in the Warwick Beacon on the LaSalle Rams taking on the Hendrickson Hawks over in Division One boys basketball, a rematch of last year's D1 championship, which LaSalle won, and then the team's rematched in the state championship because the playoff format sucks, and the Hawks won that over at URI last year. So it was a revenge for LaSalle that's been months in the making, and the Rams capitalized on it, read all about it. WarwickOnline.com. It's over there. And who's counting? But that's the seventh published article. A little pat on the back for myself here. And yeah, go ahead and read that. That's a great article. Another one. This one exclusive to the Warwick Beacon instead of the Cranston Herald. Yeah. But it's all the same. Yeah, support local journalism. Support Charlie Adams. Um, you know, Chaz, I have to ask you the burning question. Uh, if Sanasa's answer to Kumpa was inserted to the game, how many points would he drop? Oh, I don't know. I mean, against NBA, against high school talent, I think he would probably fare well. I mean, to make the NBA, you have to be such a s- star player. The worst NBA player is better than the best college player. Oh, wow, oh, wow. So I don't want to hear anyone <laughs> talking bad about sports players because, oh, oh they're trash. Oh, you can't say they're trash because they're the best. They're the worst of the best. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to say a stupid argument. I hate that. But, uh, yeah, he'd probably drop about 50. But... Yeah, I just hate that argument. Oh, 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 you can't talk trash, bro. You can't you can't hate on these NBA players. They're professionals for a reason. They made it here for a reason. Okay? They're not doing their job. I'm a fan. I'm telling you how it is. And they stink right now. Mm-hmm. And they stink right now. You yeah, think they, I'm not going to tell I mean, Mac saying, Jones he stinks right now? He yeah. stinks right now. He's I mean, not a starter. Yeah, he, I mean, Mac Jones is not currently playing against college-level talent right now. He's playing against NFL-level talent. So, I mean, what really, care, what really matters? I mean, I would... Give Mac Jones away for Caleb Williams, and I think you'd see an immediate boost in the offense of the Patriots. But we'll find out when the Patriots draft Caleb Williams next in uh, about April or whenever the draft is. Let's move on to some baseball talk because Tim's here and he has no idea. Slow off season in the MLB so far. The Sox are not really doing much at all. Uh, they're saying they were going full throttle at the start of the offseason. Now they've done absolutely nothing besides overpay Lucas Giolito. And apparently now the plan is to take a kind of gap year and continue to follow the Heim Bloom method, which would be great if you didn't already fire Heim Bloom to start the offseason. Uh, we got it, Craig Breslow in just to do the exact same thing that Heim Bloom was already doing and pretty much doing it well. But okay, whatever. Tim, how are your D-backs doing this offseason? Nope, you don't know. All right, moving oh. on. Oh, you prepared? No. Oh, okay. Moving on, the NFL playoffs, we touched on it slightly, but let's get some official predictions in for our AFC and NFC championship games as the Ravens are taking on the Chiefs in the AFC championship. And I'll go first. My pick for that game, it's the Ravens, you know. Ravens look unstoppable. They kind of seem like a team that could build up over years and become a dynasty 
really quickly here. If they get to the Super Bowl, they could win one here and then keep it rolling. They have some good talent. Lamar's locked up for a while. Yeah. I mean, if they do win, I feel like it's going to be a close one because I feel like Kansas City, man. I mean, they won over Buffalo last week by wide right. Um, you know, I feel like Kansas City might be turning into the team that always finds their way into the AFC Championship, just like our beloved Patriots did. Um, so I feel like it's more of a coin flip that game, but I wouldn't be mad at it. I would be happy at a Baltimore blowout over Kansas City um, because I do not like the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs are seemingly universally hated unless you're talking about Jason Kelsey rooting on the Chiefs. Yeah. That's just the way it's gone as of late. On the other side of things, we have the – did I just say the NFC team? Oh, no. What? Hold on. It's because I – I looked up AFC and NFC, and the first result is a geographical NFC and AFC. Why? Why? All right. On the NFC side, we have the Lions, and they're going to be taking on the 49ers, as we mentioned earlier. And as much as I'd like to say the Lions are going to win this, this one might not be close because the Lions kind of got lucky after the Buccaneers upset in the first round. They got to face... Baker Mayfield instead of a strong team. So they kind of had a pretty easy route to the NFC championship, but I think their story ends here. Mm. Like I said, this game is going to be closer than what most people think. Mm. Um, The entire story of the Lions is that they have been underdogs, and whenever they're put in that position, they overachieve. I feel like they're going to overachieve here, but... You know, I think I have to agree with the majority that San Francisco is likely going to take it to the Super Bowl. We're going to have a rematch of Niners-Ravens. Um, so that's really the gist of it. Jared Dioff is going to have a pretty good game. You're going to find his way. You know, trying to beat the Cam Newton system quarterback allegations from a while back ago. Um, yeah, so... Goff Pretty should be an interesting matchup. And let's move on now. Let's touch on it for a second. The Raiders actually hiring an interim head coach after not doing it the first time. Okay. After the Josh McDaniels failure, they learned from their mistakes, I guess. Congrats. We have a new layout for season two. As you can see, a little photograph, a little Polaroid action on the cover. Just a little new look to freshen up things here in our second season. And let's go back to the NBA for a second because yesterday Stephen Curry, while mic'd up, hint at, hinted at a potential three-point shootout at All-Star Weekend against WNBA's Sabrina Ionescu. How excited are you for that, Tim? Yeah, that should be exciting to watch. That should be exciting to watch. I mean, you know, top three-point shooter versus... Toffee point shooter. Um, should be interesting. Should and you know, even if Ionescu, you know, if Ionescu does win, we'll put more respect for, you know, women's basketball. So that'll be obviously great for the sport. You know, or you know, even if she's like competitive with Steph Curry, she's gonna she's definitely gonna help boost some readings for the WNBA. 
Well, she holds the all-time record for most points scored in a round at a three-point contest over Steph Curry after she scored 37 points in July's WNBA three-point contest. And, of course, Curry is known as one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time and the leader taking over Ray Allen a while back now. And, yeah, that's how that is shaping up for All-Star Weekend. And on the college hoops level, we have Caitlin Clark, who after the game, I know Iowa was upset in a shocking loss, and fans stormed the court, and Caitlin Clark looked like she flopped after the game, Tim. Yeah, I mean, I saw the clip of it. It looked like she got, she might have gotten decked. Um, but, you know, I mean, we should be bumping into people, especially basketball players. That's my take on it. Mm. Don't bump into people that mm. play the game and potentially get injured. So, mm. Yeah, it upset the Iowa head coach as well, and... You know, as the sports have moved on to the modern age, we're getting bigger and bigger money TV deals, but now we're dipping our toes into sports getting uh, streaming deals for their shows and all this, specifically WWE's Monday Night Raw getting a $5 billion deal for 10 years of being broadcasted on Netflix. That's a big deal. You know, it could be a landmark decision there to start shifting the trend of cable TV and moving things over to streaming platforms. Here. Yeah. Um, looks like cable TV continues to see a loss in people wanting to watch cable TV. I mean, the only thing I know is cable news, shows, um, not particularly exciting shows, reruns of movies, um, and that's really it. All the sports, are, most of the sports are, you know, moving to the streaming platforms. We've seen the wild card weekend thing uh, for Peacock, um, NHL on ESPN Plus. Um, you know, get that weekly matchup, but you know, most of the games are. On ESPN Plus. Um, yeah. And before we sign off, I'd be remiss to not mention the Baseball Hall of Fame announcement with Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer being elected to the Hall. Five votes away was Billy Wagner. He still has one year left of eligibility. Hopefully he gets over to hump next year and makes his way into the Hall of Fame. Tim, what are your thoughts on this new class for the Baseball Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, it's cool. There's also Jim Leland getting in on the Veterans Committee. Mm-hmm. So plenty of fun action over in Cooperstown, a great place to visit yeah. for any sports fan. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe in uh, 50 years you'll be on the ballot, Charlie. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what my route to the hall would be, but all right. Speaking of route, let's talk about a wide receiver that is well-known in New England and made headlines recently, Kayshawn Booty, who suited up for the Patriots all season, didn't do much. Loki had higher expectations for him. Yeah. But it seems like he was doing a lot 
over at LSU besides being a good target for them, Tim? Mm-hmm. He has gambled Jazz under <gasps> 21. Ex-LSU football star was arrested for 8,900 illegal bets and even more. Um, Louisiana police arrested the LSU starting current Patriots wide receiver for sports betting violations. Uh, he last played it from 2020 to 2022. He was drafted by the past in 2023. Allegedly placed 8,900 plus bets between 2022 of April and May 2023. Including on at least 17 NCAA football games, six LSU football games, before turning 21 Jazz. I mean, the NFL hasn't commented on it yet, but um, at least it wasn't. I don't know. You can't say it wasn't. I can't say at least it wasn't NFL. I mean, the NFL hasn't had no comment on this, but with the allegations, I mean, with the violations of him gambling either way and the fact that he really doesn't get much playing time in England anyway. Um, it's like we see the last of Keishon Booty here unless things change or philosophies change or nothing's done at all and he just stays on the team to, you know, to have one foot on, have one foot out of bounds again. I, I don't know. I mean, if he was betting on NFL games while he was an NFL player, that might be different. But yeah. if it was only on the college level, I don't know if the NFL has any need to do anything about it. You know, you, you saw how they... Handled Calvin Ridley while he was injured in betting, and don't think this is a similar situation. Before we sign off, we got to mention about the Northeastern women's hockey team. They t- took home the bean pot over at TD Garden, and they still won't get back to me. So please hurry up so I can make my college was, decision. Was, was this uh, was this um, was this topic entirely just because you wanted to hear back from Northeastern sooner? I don't know, man. You just got to mention it. it's a big part of New England sports. The Bean Pot's always a classic and always a big event over at the Garden. And our last thing before we sign off, we got to mention the winningest pup in college sports, Ugga X. Ugga the 10th. No longer with us. Yeah, he's up there in dog heaven now. So rest in peace. We'll see what Ugga 11 brings to Georgia. And George Kirby and all them, or that's not the name. Uh, what George uh, Kirby is not the coach. Kirby Smart. Yeah, I, George Kirby is a reliever for yeah. the uh, Seattle Mariners. Kim, I mean, once Nick Saban retired, Uga X just decided to go away. Uh, pretty surprising. Yeah, uh, well, that's just how it goes, you know. Forty-six minutes approaching forty-seven. Tim, episode one of season two in the books. Maybe we'll get a guest on sometime soon here. Maybe. But for now, sign us off, Tim. You're not even the thought, Chaz.